Hello, my friend, and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Book Heaven Words podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw, and as always, I feel very privileged to be able to open the word with you. Let's open our minds and heart to listen to God's word. Let us pray. O God, who teach us that you abide in hearts that are just and true, grant that we may be so fashioned by your grace as to become a dwelling pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with brother will be liable to judgment. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I said to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Again, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I said to you, do not swear at all. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise <clears throat> As Christians, we take another step this week, and last week we heard Jesus who proclaimed himself to be the light of the world, calling us, you are the light of the world. You remember? So we, he reminded us and tells us that when we, because we are his body, because we are supposed to be another, another Christ in the world, we share his very mission to make sure that people can see who God is who we are, and how we can relate to one another. Do you understand? We as Christians must continue the very same mission that Jesus had. We don't have another one. We don't have the mission of Jesus, the lighter version. You know, it's the very same one. But Jesus also called us salt of the earth. What does it mean? It means that we have a particular function in the world, which is like salt. We are asked to give flavor, to allow people to gain their own flavor so that everybody becomes a better person just because we are there. Like salt. Like salt, when, it, when you put it in the soup or whatever it is that you're cooking, doesn't discriminate, right? Like, you know, I'm going to make the carrots more carroty. I don't know if that is a word. But, you know, more flavorful. But broccoli, uh, I don't think so. 
Okay? What does salt do? When it melts, when it disappears, makes every ingredient more flavorful. That's who we are supposed to be in the world. And the question, therefore, is very simple. If we Christians are not having the impact that we are supposed to have in the world, could it be that we like salt, think that we are good just because we are in the box rather than in the soup? Or perhaps we find resistance to allow ourselves to be melted, to disappear in society and allow others to be more flavorful. Could be. Jesus said, if salt loses its flavor, what good is that? How can salt lose its flavor? Very simple, by allowing impurities to stuck on the salt, and therefore the salt can no longer do what it's supposed to do. And it happens to us when we let other things other than the gospel get stuck on our way of thinking, on our way of behaving. So instead of becoming more flavorful, we actually do something else. Now we take another step. Jesus at this particular point has already given us the Beatitudes. So whenever we hear Jesus referring to the teaching, he refers to the Beatitudes. For us Christians, the Beatitudes represent who we are supposed to be. So we, for example, when we learn how to live our life properly as Christians, must always have, like the catechism the Catholic Church has, the Ten Commandments on one side and the Beatitudes on the other side. And we put them together. So we do not examine our conscience only on the, with the Ten Commandments, but with the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes. That's the something more that Christianity brings to the world. Jesus said today something very, very important. He said, unless your righteousness is greater than that of the scribe and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So, of course, my antenna went up because I have to tell you, I really want to make it into the kingdom of God. So, now Jesus is making a very strong statement. says, unless your righteousness, meaning your being right with God, is greater than that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you're not going to make it. So I said, you know, better take a look at these scribes and Pharisees because I have to be better than them. So I scratched my head, and you can tell I did a lot of scratching. And Jesus, and I was trying to find a loophole, and I haven't found one. So this is where we are. The scribes and the Pharisees were a group of people, lay people, especially the, the Pharisees, that made a commitment to follow all the laws of the Bible. And we are talking about all the 613. Okay? So now Jesus is telling us that our righteousness must be greater than that of the scribes and the Pharisees. Now, if they followed all the 613, what else do you want me to do? Well, Jesus is telling us that we Christians, because we live the Beatitudes, must go through the law in order to do something more. We know that this something more comes from understanding that God is love, that God so loved the world. And Jesus commanded us to love one another, to love our enemies, to be constantly in this state of loving others. 
So we know that the only way we can be more righteous than the scribes and the Pharisees is to look at things from the point of view of love. You knew it would come, right? That's, it's lesson number one, and it's going to be the last lesson. Always, it's always about love. So, what does it mean, all this? How can we put this into practice? We must start with the law, with the rules, with our obligations, with all the sense that we have towards God, and move through it to encounter God and start living the life of grace. Let me give an example. Let's say, for example, a parent, a mother, a father, might say to the child, I love you very much, but I will only do what the law requires of me. Just what the law requires. So if you're hungry, I'll give you food. If you're sick, I'll bring you to the doctor and give you medication. That's it. I'm not going to do anything more because that's what the law requires of me. So here it is. You know, your child is hungry and make food. And that's it. Now, we just celebrated um, Valentine's Day, right? Imagine in a you know, celebration of romantic love between spouses or lovers, you know, whatever, and the guy goes there, or it could be the, the, the woman, um, goes there, yeah, these are the chocolates, the flowers, the card, love you, gonna go watch TV now. Well, it's required for me to give you chocolates, roses, and a card, right? So, there it is. I've done the minimum that the law requires, Good luck to you. How much do you think that relationship will go? Right? Why? Because obviously we know that there is something else going on. This next step that we have to take is to go through the minimum requirement. And you who are parents know that, right? If the child wakes up in the, morning, in the middle of the night because they had a bad dream, you have to take care of that. Right? Or it gets sick in the middle of the night. I'm saying, that's not required by the law. So you get there and I'll talk to you in the morning. No, you go there, take care of it. And if the child gets sick, you not only prepare food, but you're trying to do its favorite food, you know, the way you cut the bread, whatever. You're trying to make it more loving. You are passing on something more than what the law requires. Our relationship with God must be the same. Our relationship with one another must be the same. In the passage that we received, which scholars call the antithesis, because Jesus puts two thoughts one against the other, Jesus begins by saying, you have heard, but I tell you. So he tells us how to make this jump. Sometimes I hear every once in a while, people say, well, Father, I don't go to confession, because what am I to confess? I haven't killed anybody. And I always tell, well, thank you for not doing that. And I strongly encourage you to remain in this um, particular state of mind. But Jesus is telling us we can no longer be satisfied with not having killed anybody. In fact, Jesus says, you have heard that shall not kill, but I tell you, if you get angry with someone, if you make fun of another, in the letters of John, we even hear John saying that if we do not love the other, we are murderers. I don't want to be a murderer. And yet Jesus says, I know you haven't killed anybody, but the way you talk to people, the way you talk about people is equally problematic. 
So, for example, and sometimes, you know, we relate in this way with one another. Sometimes we do well, sometimes we have to improve. For example, when people come to us for um, assistance or whatever, we don't ask questions, right? We don't ask, you know, um, are you Catholic, not Catholic? Are you pro-life, pro-choice? We are, you, you know, did you go to confession regularly? We just help the person because that's what love requires. But some other times, especially on social media, ooh, we feel like we have permission to make fun of people, especially if we don't agree with them. But what did we hear from the first reading? God did not give license to anyone to sin. But Father, that particular person is, not, is against the teaching of the church. Doesn't really matter. What did Jesus say? We have to love. We are salt. We are supposed to make everybody feel more flavorful. We have to help everybody to be better person. But that person doesn't seem to be agreeing with that. Same rule. Nobody has the license to break the commandments. I know, it's tough, but we are making it into something very normal, especially in social media. When we find someone making fun of someone that we don't like, what do we do? Like, share. And Jesus is saying, we need to talk. Because what you're doing, you're spreading something that is not flavorful. And Christianity keeps losing its flavor, its impact. But we think we're doing a good and holy thing by mocking someone, by ridiculing people who don't agree with us. Nobody has that license. None of us. I checked it. I always look for a loophole. I told you, I want to make it into heaven with the minimum requirement. Okay. But no, it's not it. Because there is no growth when we behave this way. So now, we who are Christians, and Christians in the way Jesus wants us to be, because there is a lot of confusion out there what it means to be a Christian. When I say Christian, I mean according to what Jesus taught us, according to what the church teaches. All the other opinions are out there, and they are opinions. But when we come to our faith, that's what we are standing on, the gospel and the teaching of the church. We can struggle, and we all do, but we never replace what Jesus taught us. That's the precious pearl. So, going back, this is where the challenge is for us. Making sure that we start looking this week, especially at our relationships, and say, what can I do to add more flavor to this relationship? What can I do to make sure that these particular co-workers, family members, who really gives me a hard time, becomes more flavorful, becomes better, just because he's in relationship with me? Tough as it may sound, think about the results. It will be a completely different society. It will be a different family. It will be a different workplace. Why? Because we are willing to die out of love to make sure that the others are lifted up. That's what God has done with us, and as another Christ, that's what we do to others. This is what the life of grace that we heard, also in the second reading, points us to. The power that God has given us, the authority that God has given us to continue the mission of Christ. And it begins by acknowledging that each one of us must make that choice to be another Christ and always find new ways to start from the minimal requirement of the obligation, go through it to make sure that on the other, li on the other side, 
There is always more and more love given. As we continue to pray, we want to thank the Lord that He is revealing Himself to us as a Father who wants us to thrive. A Father who is teaching us day after day how to be a member of His household so that indeed we can truly be ourselves. And we bring to the altar maybe our struggle, maybe at this particular time a particular person may have come up to mind, someone that we struggle with, we bring it to the altar. We bring to God and says, let's together make a commitment to become truly salt of the earth so that we can live a righteousness that is greater than all that people can imagine because it comes straight from the heart of God. And as a disciple of Christ, we continue to share the love that God has for all people. No matter who they are, no matter what they do, they are our brothers and sisters, and we want to be ready to die for them as well. Dear friend, I wish you well, and uh, remember that I keep you in my prayers, and I ask you to pray for me and for all the priests who are involved with the preaching of uh, the Word every single day, every single week. God willing, I'll talk to you very soon. God bless. Bye-bye.